Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, the older guy, normally here with Jason or Todd, and today I'm with a young man named Aiden, who has been a student at the Nicolet Bible Institute for a year. Uh, Aiden, what in the world drove you to go to Nicolet Bible Institute for a year? Well, when it came down to it, I personally did not want to do a gap year. I, the idea of doing a gap year did not interest me. Um, I was guns ho right after high school to go join the military. Um, I'm very patriotic, and I feel like more people should do that. And But my parents wanted me to do a gap year. Um, there was many choices out there, and we came to Silver Birch Ranch. I, I saw their eyes sparkle when you saw the place. So I knew I had to stick out of here somewhere, so I thought might as well. Okay. And really, uh, Nicolet Bible Institute is more of a one-year college even than a gap year, I think when you look at it, because there's so many places that take the credits when you're done with it, where a, a, a true gap year oftentimes is something where people just go and they, they go in a holding pattern. They really, you know, it's a year for something, but it's not a year to expand and become who you should be. Did, did the year at Nicolay Bible Institute matter to you? What happened to you? Um, yes, it did matter to me a lot. Um, coming to NBI, I thought I had a pretty good relationship with the Lord, but uh, just being here, I realized that I put up barriers and that I wanted a more of what I wanted to happen was for me, not for God. I, I wanted to be the center of my life and not God. And then I realized that through the awesome people at NBI, especially the teachers and the classmates, just a lot of things they said and a lot of things they did for me, they opened my eyes to why this is not right. And I actually recommend myself to uh, – to Christ uh, January 7th, and I actually got baptized uh, February 3rd, uh, rebaptized. So. Oh, very good. So the, really what you're understanding is this relationship with God. It's not, it's not about you. It's about him. And life is about God, not about Aiden. Yeah. And uh, one of the great parts of the Nicolay Bible Institute program is the fact that we really want young people like Aiden and others to know the Bible but we really want them to apply it and learn how to die to themselves and serve other people. And, you know, Aiden, I actually think you do that well when you, you're out there. You try and help other people do things the best that they can do it, even if you don't know how to do it. And uh, I'm proud of you for that. And uh, invite other people to check out Nicolay Bible Institute. How old are you, Aiden? Uh, 19. 19. And what do you got going on next year? You're here for the summer. You're working as part of our summer staff for this year. And what are you planning on for the next year? Well, I actually plan on being an intern here. Uh, the two big reasons I want to be an intern here is, A, I'd be under maintenance, which would be uh, just a very uh, cool area. I get to learn, you know, basic skills about building and landscaping, you know, have a better idea. So when I go out in the actual world, I don't need to be taught that. I already have an understanding, and I can okay. work on the fine details. I also want to get in a more daily schedule with how I want to act with the Lord. I want to get into my Bible more. I want to get into prayer more. I have done that more this year, but I'm not at the level I think I should be at or want to be at. And I believe this extra year being around these people again, I will give me time to, to really get that down and really get it down to something that it's not of a chore to do, but it's more something that I want to do. Very cool. You know, one of the greatest things in life is to be able to identify the idea that there are older people around you. And, and they care about you, but you got to allow them into your life to help you. Because if you don't do that, what they'll do is it'll become a lecturer to you. They'll say something, you're going, oh, yeah, they're old. That's what they think. So, you know, the fact that you want to stay another year and learn from people who are older than you, the, the various skills and abilities of life. I always joke here at uh, Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute that I like to have farmers around. 
because farmers can do everything. They can do everything. I've never met a farmer that can't do like everything. Now, I haven't checked them walking on water or anything, but you know, I mean, everything. They can do it. They can weld. They can. They work on electricity. They fix their mechanics. They they can plant things that actually grow and stay green and make a living off it. They can take care of animals. They can take care of. It's amazing what farmers can do. And so, if you're a farmer and you're listening, know that I have the utmost respect for you and love your skill ability in just about everything. And uh, so, when you're here learning. That's really the goal I'm looking at is saying, you know what, I hope by the time you leave, you can do a little about everything and do it somewhat well. And then you get to find in your life what God has put you on this planet for. Do you, do you believe that God has like a place for you to go? I mean, a, a calling in your life? Um, when it comes to the idea of calling, I'm not the biggest fan of it because I'm afraid that with calling, it's God has to put you in a certain place. That it, like, that, like how calling comes across to me is that God can only use you in in this era. God can only use you in the prosper this way, which I, I don't think is true. I I believe that even if you were to say no to God's calling, that wherever you go, God will continue to use you like he always does. I don't think that we are fixed or set in one singular spot. I do believe we have strengths and uh, things that we're interested in, and then we'll go to that area, but I don't see that always as a calling to be there. I believe God will use us wherever we push ourselves to be. You know, that, that's interesting that you say that because let me throw some, you know, of course, I was your theology teacher, so I'll throw some theology at you. Okay, so God is sovereign, right? Yeah. Okay, and, and he's everywhere all at once. He's all powerful, all that kind of good stuff. We can go through his characteristics. He also lives in a, in a, in a state that you and I can't understand, a timeless state. So yeah. he's already in the future, correct? Now, let me ask you a few questions. Does God love you? Yes. And, and does God know what is going to happen to you in the future? Yes. Has God already prepared you for success if you listen to him? Yes. So in a weird way, there is a specific thing out there that you're being prepared for. Yes, there is. Yeah. Even though it's like, I, I hear what you're saying, though. It's like some people are so fearful they're going to miss it. That they, they go and they, they figure out, what am I? Well, there are some things in life, and it's, if I'm talking to anyone else your age and I'm talking to you right now over the table, but I'm saying, you know what? There are certain things in life that you just need to know and do that, that everyone needs to know and do. Do those things. And as the sun comes up every day, be in the right place that you're supposed to be at that particular day. Do the right thing. And you'll find that you keep doing that day after day, you get to be old. And, and you actually enjoy life a whole lot better because it's not that you've missed out on anything. You know, I've often said, uh, do you think that God has a, I'll ask you first, do you think that God has a very specific, do you want to get married someday? Yes. Do you think he has a specific person in mind? I do not believe in soulmates, but I believe, yes, he has a person out there because I don't, the idea of soulmates, uh, if if soulmates are true, and this example from a pastor, he, he was married and unfortunately his wife passed away like two years ago and he got remarried. Like, if he was going to come down to it, which one was the soulmate? Both of them are really good for him. Both of them, you know, love him and cherish him. And I don't think he could put one over the other besides the one he spent more years with. Like, like, I don't like the idea of soulmates because I don't – there's a lot of people out in the world and there's a lot of people that could, like, be your wife or could be your husband. And there there is the idea of, like, just one is out there for you. I think that's – 
I think that's dangerous because you may be only looking for the one. They have to have A through 1,000 exactly to your standards, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what your definition of soulmate is, actually. So, I, I, so as you're saying that, I'm going, I don't know what you mean. I think my definition of soulmate is that there's only one, that there's only one person my entire life that I will be married and be happily together with until either of us die. And the idea of like, with that, it makes it sound like if you have another relationship afterwards, after their unfortunate demise, that it's it's not really a soulmate thing anymore. And I think yeah. well, let's let's play with this a little bit just for the fun of it. Um, y- you can actually love anyone according to God, correct? Yes. So you're told to love your wife if you're a husband, correct? Yes. But you're also told to love your enemy. Yes. Now I'm not putting those two in the same category in this discussion. I'm just saying. You're told to love God. You're told to love your wife. You're told to love other people. You're told to love your enemy. Yes. So you can actually choose to love anybody. It, it isn't necessarily dependent upon their response to you, right? Yeah. Okay, that's the theology of it. So you can love anybody. So when you get married someday, the, the goal is to make sure that you commit yourself to that person. It's not an arrangement. It's a commitment. You've heard me speak on this, and you understand what I'm saying. But it's a commitment for life, which will never change according to the circumstances of life. Now, until they die, which the Bible says, well, then you're not married anymore at that particular point. But you can love anybody. Yes. So if somebody's listening today, and they're married, and they're saying, well, if my spouse would do this different or that different, I'm saying, you can love anybody. You can apply that to anybody in life. Now, what's interesting, though, is if you can love anybody, then you guess you could choose anybody and be committed to them for life. Now, the Bible gives you some guidelines, though. It's going to be really tough if you get somebody that is unequally yoked with you. In other words, there's somebody that hates God, hates people, and you, you're going to try and marry them. You know, I mean, that's not going to work for you. And the Bible warns you against that. It warns you against not being equally yoked up with somebody. So there's going to be somebody down the road. If you get married, there's going to be somebody that you marry, correct? Hopefully, yes. Yes, okay. Of course, that's one of those weird questions. So since we already talked about God being in the future, and he is, he already knows who that is, correct? Correct. So let me ask you a speculation question. So do you think when you were born, God put this little image in your head and whoever it is that you do end up marrying, he has this thing where you look at him and go, wow, that's the most beautiful person in the world. Yes. Yeah. See, I think that's very possible because I've been to a lot of weddings and I've heard a lot of people say, oh, that bride is gorgeous. And I think, eh, average, you know, and and not, I know that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. But I don't mean average in the sense of not beautiful. I mean, a dress is nice. They look nice, whatever. But it's not that my, my you know, for me, the, the lady that I married, she's the standard in, as far as people, how they look. And I think God put that in my head. Like, this is the one. Because there's so many different tastes out there. I mean, you can't say that you look at one person and everybody thinks the same of that person. So it's really cool, I think, how God creates us and puts something in our mind and makes it so that, you know, the person we eventually marry, I think we can, you know, look at him and say, wow, this person is, is somebody that is just really kind and pleasant. And someone else might go, I don't see all that. But you do. And that's really important in life. So 
It's very interesting that it, when you talk about the plan of God, to put in the sovereignty of God, and then to try and mix in there the idea that God is timeless and that he's preparing us for what he knows we're going to do. And then for me, I could get by with saying, then I guess God has a specific will then because he's preparing us for something that's going to happen and it gets harder to understand him in a way because of the fact, or easier, that he's in the future. So both what you're saying and I'm saying is true because of that. Yeah, I, I do see your your point. Well, when I was younger, I dated a girl in high school, and she was the only girl in high school that got my attention and, you know, got my interest. It didn't work out. and But the thing that I admired about myself that I liked, that there was only one girl. I was only interested in one girl, that it wasn't this, like, you know, this shopping mall where there's so many choices like I could pick. Right. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, but, like, this past year – there have been two choices, and that has annoyed me because the idea of that is it's like I don't want to be looking, you know, at two choices. I just I just want the one. I want the one that appeals to me, the one to attract me. So if I do have that image implanted in me from God, why is that image showing up in two very different girls? I mean, standing next to each other, you can obviously tell right there that they're very different people. So... I see your point, but right now I'm kind of confused yeah. with that. Well, I think attraction has different um, definitions. You're attracted to people for different reasons. All right, so I, I think initially the thing that really attracted me to my wife was the fact that she served the Lord and was so eager to serve the Lord with children and teach. She was a teacher, came to summer camps, you know, was somebody who really gave of her life. That's what I found attractive. It just so happens then that God flipped the trigger in my brain that I think she's beautiful as well. You know what I mean? It's like the, the beauty, believe it or not, people get old like me. They, they change. They don't always look young. And it's very dangerous to ever uh, consider beauty just something you look at. And, but beauty actually uh, is in the eyes of the beholder, obviously, and God could plant it in our mind. And I think the if you, if you love a person, you're choosing in life to look at ways that you can make that person successful. And as you do that, I think there's something that triggers in your brain and you, you begin to really see yourself with that person. But it's not about looking at somebody and getting knocked over by her beauty and you know, all of a sudden going, wow, look at that. I don't think that's what, what I'm talking about anyway. I'm talking about a whole person here that basically you look at it and think, wow, that person is beautiful, and then the looks eventually go with it. So, you know, my statement of, okay, the person at the wedding, to me, looks average. Well, probably, I don't even know the person, probably. You know, so why would I be thinking other than that? Again, they could look neat and pretty with their dress on and all that kind of stuff, but as far as the, you know, knockout wow moment kind of thing, I think the, the groom coming down the aisle is going to have that you know, for himself, because of the way the relationship has developed, not, not because of necessarily just the skin-deep beauty that, that's there. Uh, otherwise, we, we get into this very shallow relationship with everybody, and that's not healthy for anybody, you know, at that particular point. So I encourage you to be looking for things in life. It's hard in our culture because everything in our culture seems to be, you know, skin-deep. So to be looking for characteristics in people that show you that they love God 
and show you that they love people. And that's what you begin to see and admire and, and develop into a relationship in the future. And I think that God already knows who that's going to be and whoever it is is going to be doing what they need to do. And maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe you're not mature enough yet yourself to really know who that person is. You know, there, there's people, as you get older, there's times in your life where you go, I don't know, man, I really think I need to find out who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with or whatever. And my encouragement to you is you get up every day and do what's right and you be where you should be. And whoever's, you know, supposed to be with you somehow bump into you, you know, because you're doing what you should be doing and you're not out there, you know, looking for somebody necessarily in, in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think when I said that I was like attracted, I think I underestimated. I've had the chance to know them both. And um, yes, they both look physically appealing, but uh, what I found was more enjoyable and interesting to see was their personalities. They're two very different, but they both love the Lord and they both are seeking different ways to do it. And like, yes, phys- like phys- like attractions, yes, that plays a factor to my young brain at the moment. But uh, like I've also seen how they love God and just the examples and just hearing some of their things from their past. And so, yeah, it's it, like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. I have to wait. Well, the fun thing for me is I go back into the Bible and I see all the verses that God has talked about how each person has been created by him, uh, crafted in the womb of their mother. So that they are. So you, you have the face, you have the nose, you're a tall guy. You, you have the height that God wants you to have. And what's really neat about that is if you love God, you walk with God, and, and you, you are doing what you should do on a daily basis, if you're supposed to be with someone, you'll find them. You'll run, and, and you're exactly what you need to look like. Now, that is unless you're doing things that are totally irresponsible with your life. You know, um, there are people that, that should exercise more or do kinds of things that change how they look a little bit. But the bottom line really is God created you, loves you, made you. He knows who, who should be around you. He knows how to compliment you. Uh, by that I mean if, if you know my wife and myself, and we are totally different personalities. I mean, she is so organized in everything in life, and I am so disorganized in everything in life. You know, it, totally different. She, she played a first-chair oboe in college, and I played first-string defensive end. You know, those are two different activities. Uh, I had no idea what a noble was when I began to date her. I'm not sure she knows what a defensive end does. So two different personalities, different people. But the interesting thing was our love for the Lord, our love for young people, uh, it developed into a lifelong, I mean, I've been married over 40 years now. You've been in my class. I often mention how important marriage is in that relationship. And so that's what happened. After all those years of being different. Now, who would ever think that two people that were absolutely so different would ever find to be attracted to one another, to date one another, to get married? I mean, who would ever think that? Because we were even, literally, we lived on separate sides of the city. I mean, we, everything about us was different. And yet, uh, it's been a fantastic uh, relationship and marriage for all the years. Uh, my encouragement to you and any young person listening, walk with God, love him. Don't be doing things to attract other people. Do things to know God and to love him and to listen to him. And at some point, 
you'll be in the right spot at the right time and you'll have an aha moment or something. And then, and, and like I'd do that. Make sense? Yeah. Very good. Let me ask you another question. I know that you, uh, you talked about wanting to be in the military. Yeah. You're not in the military. No. Um, it, when, when you look at what people say about the military, the, the law of the land, whatever it might be, how do you, military is a rough spot. Yes. Do you like the roughness of it? Do you like the guns? Do you like the killing? I mean, what is it that attracts you to the military? I think the biggest thing that attracts me to the military is uh, the idea of giving back. Uh, this country has done a has done a lot for us as Christians. There's many uh, there's many countries out there where we're not even allowed to say the name of uh, you can't get the word of the Lord, and there's so many different things. And I know that that's not all due to government and stuff, but I believe government does play a part, and I believe that more of us should give back in in ways. And I believe for me, one of the best ways I could give back is the military. Um, I'm young. I'm still. I'm pretty healthy. Yes, I probably should lose a little bit of weight to get into it, but um, I believe I'm a an okay candidate for the military. And you know, the military does a lot of things for other people that uh, I think would be a great way to go about it. And like when you're talking about, you know, like when it comes like the law of the land, like I understand that I may be asked to if I'm in that situation, I may be asked to do something I'm not comfortable with. And I guess that is that is the question I'm drawing. Like, wh- like, how should I say no? You know, I got my convictions, but the Lord is telling me I should not, sh- should and should not do certain things. But when it comes to the military, I kind of signed, uh, I signed my name over that I would do what the military asked me to do for that time. And so it's, it's, it's contradicting, you know, like the Lord says that there's no authority put here on earth that he, that, you know, that has not been put by God, but we're also not to follow a government that doesn't follow what the God wants, what God wants, you know, like, like that. I, I had this conversation with the person the other day, like taxes, we pay the government taxes and some of those taxes go everywhere to the government. And this government su- supports abortion and divorce and gay and lesbian marriage. Are we supporting those things when we do taxes? It does say in the Bible to give taxes, but with this country compared to others, we have more of a voice or we can have a voice in what we want to have done compared to other countries. So it's it's very confusing because yeah. there's so many things that contradict the Bible, but it is also so much like like abortion contradicts what the Bible says. But we were we still appreciate what the United States of America does for us, even though they support abortion. So right. it's. It's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Now, you, Aiden, you know, and we know, we live in a sinful world, correct? Yes. So there's not one person you ever met that hasn't sinned. True. So if you want to stay away from a store, for example, if somebody owns a store and you say, I don't like the way they sin, so I'm not going to their store, that's certainly up to you. However, you're not going to find one storekeeper that's not sinners. Yeah. So now you're choosing what sin you're okay with when you go into whatever store, you yeah. know, you, Walmart, Fleet Farm, whatever you're going into. You're, you're actually choosing if you want to know. But you could say, well, I don't know that they do these things. Well, I agree. I don't know what sins people are involved in. I just know that sin is sin, and it always will be. And there's people who run things that are sinful, including myself and anybody else. So in one sense, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's, it's an idea of I don't want to support things that are sinful. Okay, I get it. Now, there are some things that are very directly 
talked about, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were told to bow to the king. That's pretty direct in the Bible. You don't bow yeah. to anybody but God. So that's a very direct command. Yeah. Um, likewise, when Jesus was asked about taxes, he said, give Caesar what's Caesar's, correct? Yes. Now, you know much about Caesar? Uh, yeah, he was he, like the yeah king. He, yeah. He, he's, he, he wasn't the most moral, ethical person that ever walked the planet. Yeah. Give Caesar what Caesar's is what Jesus said. In other words, there there are times where you do give resources to government because government does, as you said, a lot of things that are neutral. But they do some things that I agree with you. I, I don't want anything to do with. I don't want our tax dollars going toward abortion. I agree 100%. In fact, I once walked out of a union, a, a, a teacher's union, because the money was being used to help fund abortions, and I refused to pay it, and I walked out of it. So I I agree with you on on that. Um, I also took a year of ROTC in college, so I understand a little bit about the military and military science. Because uh, when I went to college, they forced us to do that. And so that was good for me, uh, by the way. Um, however, I think sometimes we get in a dilemma of uh, that Dietrich Bonhoeffer had, where Dietrich Bonhoeffer was living in a time of Hitler, and he was a pacifist who basically was in on a plot to kill Hitler. And you try and put those things together, and it's really difficult for you to do that. Yet his question was simple. Do I go with this group that would like to take the madman out, or do I set up ministries for all the widows that are widows because of the madman? And his eventual decision was that he would try and take the madman out, and he thought that was the right thing to do. Now, you and I might say, well, that would be murder. Well, either way, you lose on that decision. So I think at that particular point, God has to look at your heart, and he looks at your heart, and he's, he knows what you're, you're about. You, you want to love people. You're trying to love people. You're, you know, what you're doing is doing something vigorously that you believe is right but you're not 100% sure that it's the only option out there at this point. And yet uh, we pay taxes to Caesar. I think there have been just wars through history. And uh, in, in that, you know, I think it's it's very interesting dilemma. And have you come to any conclusion with your future in the military? Um, I'm not sure yet. Um, right now I'm just trying to keep an open mind and an open head to see where God can use me and where where I can go. There's so many doors that are open to me right now. I don't know which one to go down. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, Aiden, to talk with you because I tell you, you, you have a big heart. As I told the people earlier, I've watched you serve people. You like doing that. You like spending time with people. I don't think you would hurt a fly if if the fly asked for mercy. You know, and flies can't do that, but I, I don't think you would. And yet I think there's this uh, dilemma that's probably in your heart where you want to make sure that you do what's right because you want to love God and please him. And, and you know ultimately that following God is doing what's right. And, and that'll help those around you even though you can't see it at the moment. And so I think we're going to have to continue this discussion because our time is running out on this segment. But uh, we'll have you stick around for another one. And we'll continue to talk about various topics with the young man, Aiden, here on Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and we're coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. 
on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, which is really a division of silverbirchranch.org.